0: Greetings from St Bride's Church Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're able to join us for this act of worship. St Bride's is famous for its ministry to journalists, and behind me here you can see our journalists' commemorative altar. We are aware, as never before, of the dangers that those in the industry face when bringing us the news, so our journalists, and all who work in the media, are very much in our thoughts and prayers at this time however we are of course here for all of you journalists and everyone else do please leave us a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from it's always good to hear from you and if you would like to donate to help support these services uh, you'll find details of how to do so in the accompanying text but now may the light and peace of christ be with us all as our worship begins, Jesus said to the disciples, "The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few, therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to sound out laborers into his harvest." It is a great delight to welcome you to St Bride's to our Choral Eucharist on this, the second Sunday after Trinity. Wherever you are in the world, and however you are listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin with our opening prayer. Let us pray. We say together, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord, amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the glory. you have taught us that all our doings without love are nothing worth. Send your Holy Spirit and pour into our hearts that most excellent gift of love, the true bond of peace and of all virtues, without which whoever lives is counted dead before you. Grant this for your only Son Jesus Christ's sake, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
1: Amen. Amen. A reading from the book of Genesis. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre, as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day. He lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men stood in front of him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth and said, My Lord, if I have found favour in your sight, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree while I fetch a morsel of bread that you may refresh yourselves and after that you may pass on since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal, knead it and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant, who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf which he had prepared, and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, where is Sarah your wife? And he said, she is in the tent. The Lord said, I will surely return to you in the spring and Sarah your wife shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age, it had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself saying, after I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you in the spring and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, No, but you did laugh. This is the word of the Lord.
2: from the letter to the Romans. Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in our hope of sharing the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character And character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit which has been given to us. While we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Why, one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man one will dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This is the word of the Lord.
3: Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every infirmity. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the labourers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest to send out labourers into his harvest. And he called to him his twelve disciples, and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, and to heal every disease and every infirmity. The names of the twelve apostles are these. First Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James the son of Alphaeus and Theddaeus, Simon the Cananean and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out, charging them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and preach as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons, you received without paying give without pay this is the gospel of the lord
4: the gospel reading today is interesting but slightly hair-raising Jesus is developing a job description for his inner circle and it looks pretty daunting. I wonder what's the most daunting role you've ever had. I've had a few when you get that sense of vertigo, you know, what me, how could I do it? Maybe you can ask someone else, you'd think. Oddly, I think the most difficult, for me at least, was when I first became a parish priest. The church was a huge barn of a place. We had no money, and the electrics and heating needed replacing urgently. They were a safety risk. I only had one warden. We had no treasurer, no admin help. And what's more, the previous vicar had had a heart attack, and the church was struggling with its identity. Was it a parish church, or maybe an evangelical megachurch, or what were we to be? And I remember thinking, what on earth am I to do? On the first day, I was left a set of keys. Half an hour later, my mum turned up, complete with cleaning gear. You see, that's all we could do. Begin by tidying up. It was a small thing, but it was a start, and it was better than doing nothing. So, don't be too daunted by Jesus' list of tasks raising the dead, healing the sick, driving out devils. One thing, though, it's important to realise that he's pointing out that this won't be a walk in the park, this journey with God. Perhaps the messages expect it to be hard, because the workers, then and now, are few. Reading it again, it became clear to me That we're called to be on a kind of quest not to do a job not to tick boxes or fill in spreadsheets the language of the church has become very managerial targets mission fields church multiplication instead it seems we would do better to listen to that wonderful gimli from the lord of the rings he decides to go on the great quest to deliver the ring of power to be destroyed, a fool's errand if ever there was one. And he says, certainty of death, small chance of success. What are we waiting for? Indeed. So, let's unpack the quest, shall we? Let's wonder what it might look like now, 2,000 years after those first followers, no doubt, gulped and went out to give it a go. Jesus essentially breaks the task, the job description into parts. He says, we need to get stuck in because there are never enough people to do the job properly. That's the first piece of wisdom. And then he says, concentrate on the people of God, the chosen people. This is mainly a message for then rather than now because Jesus was astounded that his people, the people who God loves so much, had turned their backs on God. Time was short. The cross loomed. And so he says we must start there. There was an urgency. But perhaps we can take from this that there is something about aiming our arrows, good and true. When we start something, let's start with something that we can do something about, maybe with our family, with our communities, maybe start small. Jesus could have said so many things, asked them to teach all kind of complicated doctrine, perhaps ram home the thou shalt nots of the Ten Commandments, perhaps explain a complicated formula with which to be saved, perhaps give a political message like kick out the Romans. But no, he says this, proclaim the kingdom of heaven is right here and now. And that is as radical and beautiful and foolish as it was then, right now. Because questions come, how can the kingdom of heaven have arrived? Look at how broken the world is, look at how broken we are. Surely all the good stuff is going to happen when we go to heaven, when we sit maybe twanging a harp on a cloud, singing along with a celestial choir, even better than our wonderful choir but he wants us to give people hope. That something amazing has happened and that we're in the midst of it. Yes, it's only the beginning, the first chapter perhaps of the great book of life, but God is love and God is one of us and nothing can separate us from the love of God. And the cross will speak of the defeat of death and violence and the triumph of love, so encompassing that we only see it as through a darkened mirror. Not a love deferred, as it were, but a love here and now. Proclaim, he says this, tell people, show people that there's more to life than we can see and touch, that we are people of justice and kindness. Heaven has begun to break through into the world, he says, and if you love Harry Potter as I do, it's as though the magical world has begun to make itself known here in glimpses. Even on a bad day, I can share the hope and be a herald of that kind of news. And priest flens, know that love is inclusive. But what about the list of tasks? Healing the sick, raising the dead, curing lepers, driving out devils. I wonder how that grabs you. Well, it needs putting in context. These were the signs that the problems the society at the time experienced. Chronic ill health and no medicin. Early death and no safety net for the families left. And much emotional distress. It's no wonder he sent people out to help with these things. They weren't esoteric tasks, they were practical. Now, these days, we have doctors and drugs that can bring people back from the brink of death. We have vaccines and cures. We have counsellors and social workers and psychiatrists. And I have seen the damage that the literal interpretation of this teacher can do. If you are taught that simply by taking on the power of the Holy Spirit, you too can raise the dead, then I think you get messed up very badly indeed. And I've seen it happen. Instead, we're asked to wonder what our modern list might be. If Jesus were here in person now, what might he ask us to do? What might the list be? I suppose we'll all have our own idea, won't we? I think it would have to involve helping those less fortunate than ourselves. Generosity, kindness, welcome. But also, I think, to bring joy and gladness to the sad to foster family and feasting and community, to sing more, to allow ourselves to be struck by the wonder of life and to protect nature. It's okay to start small, of course. Remember my mum with her cleaning products. A few weeks ago, I got to bless two beautiful kittens that our Claire here had taken in. It was wonderful, really, and I reflect that in caring for those kittens, as she does, those little creatures loved by God, it is most beautiful. I mean, that's part of the kingdom of heaven here and now, that ministry, to care for animals. I think, in a way, it's exciting to imagine what the list would be, maybe to pray about it. Finally, Jesus says this. He says, don't charge for stuff. Do it for Nothing. And be generous. At St Cuthbert's I started a memory cafe, which was a beautiful thing. I I used to call it a a little dose of heaven in the here and now. And at the start there was opposition um, to the idea that we had and we followed through on, that there would always be free food, free sandwiches. We wouldn't skimp, we would give people something really nice to eat. And people were incensed, they said we should charge for it, people will maybe take advantage of you. Well, of course, I I dug my heels in. Memory Cafe was free. It was our gift to our people, to those with dementia and their carers. I'm glad to report it's still going. 120 people a week meet. There's still free food. There's a choir, exercise. All free, all provided by local people who caught the vision for this no-strings-love. no strings love So I think this list of tasks, this job description, still applies. We may need to tweak it a bit. But it still excites me. Yes, it's not managerialism. Yes, it is a quest. As Gimli said, certainty of death, small chance of success. What are we waiting for? Amen.
0: Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic Church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray.
4: Father, we thank you for this amazing city that we live in. We thank you that it is the greatest city that there ever was and that we live in it as a time such as this. And we ask you to bless those who work here, those who live here, those who thrive here and those who are struggling. We pray for people who would stand beside those who are lonely and sick. And we pray thanks to those who work in all the caring services. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we pray for our church. We pray for the work of St Bride's. We're thankful for its history and the way it has ministered and reflected the work of journalists and truth-tellers over the years. We pray thanks for all who work here, worship here, and for those who just pop in and experience something of your presence here. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we pray for those who we know who are sick, who are vulnerable, who are sad. And in this moment of sadness, we lift their names up to you. Father, would you pull together our prayers and put your arms around those who we care for. Bring them peace and healing and love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we pray for our world. We pray for areas of conflict and famine and natural disaster. We pray for people of goodwill, peacemakers, bridge builders, who will bring peoples together and help us to have a foretaste of heaven in that we are brothers and sisters, each of us, and that you would help us to live in community, with those who are different to us and those who we disagree with. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Merciful Father, accept accept these prayers prayers for for the the sake sake of your Son, Son, our Saviour, Jesus Jesus Christ.
0: Christ. Amen. Amen. Will you please stand? Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
5: Blessed be God for
6: ever. The Lord be with you. Amen.
0: This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them saying, drink this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins, do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself, made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom. And with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him our great high priest this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your Spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honor and glory and power be yours forever
5: and ever.
0: Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Savior has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him and he. Let us pray. Loving Father, we thank you for feeding us at the supper of your Son. Sustain us with your Spirit, that we may serve you here on earth until our joy is complete in heaven and we share in the eternal banquet with Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God,